We are back and better than ever. Welcome to the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack. We've been gone for months, years, days, weeks. I don't even know how long it's been since we recorded an episode, probably before signing day. But after a long hiatus and some uh, retooling, we, we're back. We're back, relaunched. Uh, joining me on the on the phone, on the voiceover IP, whatever you want to call it, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? It's going, man. I was kind of hoping everybody would just kind of forget about this and it would die out. But here we are. Talking into microphones again. <laughs> Why did you want everyone to forget about it? You don't want to do it? I, I don't know. It's just another thing, you know. It's, it's, it's It is what it is. All right. So yeah, how could you not want to listen after that enthusiasm? Joining <laughs> us <laughs> is uh, Dave Lackford. Dave, I know you're more excited. Absolutely, man. You know, I, I just started my own law practice. I left the county attorney's office. So I'm just glad you agreed to pay my 250 hourly rate for me to do this. So that's why I'm probably more enthusiastic than Rob is. I was going to say that, you know, there's a lot of uh, rules regarding legal advertising. So, you know, you got to be careful even plugging yourself, right? No, nah, I'm fine. I'm a lawyer. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll hope to add a segment if we can at some point now that you're on the free market, maybe uh, Lackford's Law Corner or something where you tell us a funny story of the week. Uh, see, see what you can do about pulling that well, off. I can't talk about specific cases, but I can talk about, you know, what maybe Lynn Swan should be doing out at USC, you know, stuff like that. All right. Well, so we've got a ton of topics. We want to remind everyone that you can find us on social media. I'm at Rivals Woody. Dave is at Rivals Dave. And uh, Rob, still at uh, Cassidy underscore Rob. We still haven't been able to secure that. And follow us on Instagram, at least me and Dave, right, Dave? is your, Are you Rivals Dave on Instagram too? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to get our followers up, especially uh, especially me. I go through a phase once a year where I try to get my followers up. I get 10 new followers, and then I lose interest. So be one of those first 10. Uh, we've got a ton of topics. The first one, not really recruiting-related, but I'm dying to talk about this because I was yelling at anyone who would listen about the Alliance of American Football, the AF, as I call it. Uh, of course the league folds. And, you know, as I told Rob, when we were talking on the phone yesterday, I feel bad for the players because, you know, they got their hopes up. Hey, this is a chance. You know, these guys love to play football, but right from the get go, this seemed like it was too good to be true. The players are getting paid, you know, a decent amount of money. I think they started out at 70,000, uh, each, uh, and that was supposed to escalate up to a hundred by year three. These guys told us that the league had money to last forever, but the fishy thing for me started, and this was right around the time that the Fire Festival documentaries came out, and they sort of laid out how they paid all the influencers to tweet about it. And sure enough, I noticed it even in the off season. You had these websites that cover the NFL that were all of a sudden, you know, detailing transaction moves. Hey, this coach is going to be coaching in the league. Hey, this player is going to be playing in the league. And then when it debuted, it was just, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my Twitter feed was just, a, a, you know, a love fest. Oh, I love this league. They let them hit the quarterback. There was that one play of the quarterback's helmet flying off. So the whole thing goes up in smoke. Uh, 
first of all, Rob, you featured some some old tweets. Uh, you laid off the reporters, though. You didn't you didn't go old uh, old takes exposed. You laid off the reporters about the success. But I mean, are are you the only person least surprised than me that this turned out to be a total disaster? Uh, the only reason I laid off of them is because I knew if I didn't, I would get in trouble by the powers that be at this company. Um, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm happy it folded because I'm not. You know, you never want to see people lose jobs, especially the the staff. You know, not really talking about the rich coaches as much as you know the stadium staff and, and all those good people. But it was so clear that this league had either struck some deal, fire festival style, with people to tweet about it. It just, like you said, it just rubbed me wrong from the beginning of the way this went. It's, and you know, we know people. You and I both know at least one person that says they were contacted by people at the the AAF to kind of cover it and tweet about it. And you know, it's not the first time a league has ever begged for coverage, but but to try to to try to start a football league and run it like a music festival, uh, I can't believe that you know it didn't work out. And I'm sure you're stunned too. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, the not just someone reached out from the league. That the head of the league reached out. Like, so if <laughs> if you're the head of this league and you're you know running things, do you have time to be reach hitting up people like, on Twitter? The second I heard that is when I knew this was doomed. Uh, as we're you know, it's like running a football league by. Twitter and Instagram influencers is never going to work. And, and the second time I knew this was doomed is when the Trump people came out of the woodwork and were, oh, I'm done with the snowflake NFL. They're hitting people. There's real CTE for me to sink my teeth into in the AAF. Uh, and that's when I, I doubly knew it was going too fast. Well, I remember you were on – you were on like vacation or something and you came back and you were like, and this was before the season had kicked off. And you were like, why is everybody talking about this? <laughs> don't, don't you yeah, remember no, that? I do. You were- I 100%. I just opened my browser and it was like eight tweets about some football league that was going to fail in six months. And that I thought everybody should know was going to fail in six months. And yet, you know, it, we were just like overrun with tweets about how great it was going to be and how, you know, the only way, the only way football can be good is if people are routinely getting CTE. Uh, Lackford, did I tell you the story about the run-in I had with the with the team in San Antonio in December? Did I tell that on the podcast, or did I tell you or anything? No, I don't think you told it. You didn't tell it on the podcast. I know that much because it was right around. My the bad. Time I, I had a I had a call days. come in. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> I, Oh, my. oh, you got it. Taking your call. Hold up. I'm sorry. I didn't see your, your uh, writing there. So anyway, I was staying at the – wait, what was the hotel? It was a nice hotel anyway in San Antonio. And I usually I don't stay in that nice of a hotel for the Army game or whatever they call it these days. Uh, but I decided, you know what? I'm going to get a decent hotel. The price was good. I booked ahead of time. And I want to have a decent hotel and get a nice breakfast every morning instead of staying, you know, at a little more budget place. Cause usually I wait till the last second to book and then I have to get the cheap hotel for the cost of a expensive hotel. So anyway, three days into my stay, I'm informed that they will no longer be serving hot breakfast. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean you're not serving hot breakfast? I said, Oh, well, we got a big party in here. We got to take care of them. So yeah, we're just going to have uh just going to have, you know, muffins and fruit. And I was like, the, you know, one of the main reasons I stayed here was because I wanted to have, be able to have a nice breakfast every day. And they were like, well, you know, what can you do? 
basically basically told me to shove it. Sounds like sounds so, like white people problems to me, man. Well, it definitely is. But that's the point of the that's the point of the show. You're also white for those uh, listening at home. Uh, <laughs> so I know, who, who I know, I know white people problems, man. Intimately. Right, exactly. So anyway, cut back to I leave the hotel that morning. I'm gone all day. I'm going to practice, going to do whatever, going to check in, doing interviews, and I'm um, walking back in San Antonio. Walk by the lovely Alamo. And San Antonio is one of these cities where there's a lot of tourists and they don't want people coming in to use bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So a lot of places, even this is another thing for rants later, don't even have public, don't even have public restrooms, even if you're a customer. So I'm hustling to get back to the hotel. I got to go pee really bad. I come in the hotel and it's just pandemonium in terms of there are football players everywhere, grown men, not, not the high school kids. And, uh, I go to the front desk. I say, hey, where's the, where's the bathroom? Oh, no, I went to the bar. I said, where's the bathroom? I had to go so bad. And they're like, oh, just go down the stairs and it's to the left. I go down the stairs. I'm immediately stopped. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where do you think you're going? Uh, some lady. I was like, I'm going to the bathroom. Nope, sorry. This is all closed. This is the Orlando Apollos area. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, it's a professional football team? And I was like, well, you know, I got, I just got to go pee. I'll, I always let me walk to the bathroom and I'll go pee and I'll leave. Now you can go to the gym on the second floor. Well, as, as Rob would tell you, you know, Rob and I switched, basically switched to an all digital key situation where you use your app on the phone because right. uh, we both lose our room keys. So I couldn't even get into the gym. Well, guess what? You couldn't even get on the elevator either because there were so many, there were two elevators and there were, uh, 75 football players trying to get up to their rooms at the same time. So needless to say, I told that lady, you know, uh, she would have another thing coming. And then I went on a Twitter rampage. I don't know if, if anybody saw that. It was right around New I Year's. Saw that lady. I, I hope, I hope the league would fail. I hope. That... <laughs> what, what, Rob? I said, didn't you tell that lady that you hoped your team would fail? Yes, yes. I said, I hope the team would fail. I said, and then I told the hotel at the front desk, I told her, you know, this is a fake football league. You're letting take over the hotel, running rampant. You know, I wouldn't have stayed here if I knew this was going to happen. This, that, and the third. Uh, Well, it led to the hotel ended up like Googling me and then sending me a text message being like, oh, we see you're a recruiting analyst for whatever. We figured you would appreciate the football or whatever. So it turned into a huge, it turned into a huge argument between me, the hotel and the team. And I fired so many shots. I would have been team. so mad if I would have gotten, I figured you would appreciate the football. I would have said, you know, I appreciate a paycheck. I don't give a riff about football or this stupid fake league. I, oh, man, that would have sent me over. That would have been the thing that made me the most mad is we figured you would appreciate the football. I, I, would, I, would, I would have walked down there. Well, here's the you thing. Know, lady, if you paid me one dime more than what I'm doing right now, I would work at that front desk. <laughs> oh. Well, so here's what happens at these hotels now. I, I always have complaints about everything, everywhere I go all the time, as a lot of you may have realized and Rob can attest. But I will not, I will not generally bring those complaints to the people unless they come to me. So for example, you know, we're at a restaurant to get food I don't like. I just won't eat it. And then if then they come and they say, oh, what was wrong with it? I say, oh, nothing. And then if they ask me a second or a third time, are you sure? Then that's when I just go list lose it and go into a full on r- rant about it. So when they text message you at the hotel, 
that's when I tend to let loose. When I when at the, when I'm at the front desk, I'm much more cordial. But yeah, there was definitely some expletives uh, that were directed at the <laughs> at the lady. But it was almost like they were telling me, "Hey, we know who you are, so you better watch it." You know, it was almost <laughs> like a veiled a veiled threat. Like, "Hey, we googled you." Uh, but anyway, so the bottom line is this league was a total utter failure, and this the problem is. College football is a minor league, and the NFL doesn't care. The NFLPA doesn't care about these fake leagues. And the bottom line is, and it's going to be hard for them to succeed no matter what. Right. And th- th- I think this was a crazy rush to judgment just because, I mean, maybe it was just my Twitter feed, but I mean, when it happened, they, people would not stop talking about it. Look at the ratings. They're better than hockey. It's like <laughs> – Okay. So if you went through and looked at, I mean, if you went through and look at a lot of the things that people said, I mean, you know, there's been a, there's a lot of talk about almost how bad it was. And this was almost, I almost feel like this is like a hoodwinking situation. When I was writing my story and putting the tweets in there, I was searching for funny tweets about the league. I found one poor soul that was like tweeting at the league about how he was waiting for the inaugural box set of trading cards. Poor guy. The poor guy is never getting his trading cards. It's it's too bad. Well, I mean, Albert Breer had a lot of details on this. Uh, He tweeted last night, a couple other cost-cutting details I unearthed found interesting. Only coaches and players were allowed to eat on the team plane. Doctors, trainers, equipment guys weren't fed. Uh, night before game, team dinners were eliminated. Players got a $30 per diem and said. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the players had the, the – afterwards that – yesterday there were players tweeting about how they got kicked out of their hotel or their apartments. And then someone said that they had to the, – the league was making the players play for the, or pay for their own flights home. Wow. So it was just a, it was just a complete – it really was a Look, complete disaster. This ends up being a Netflix documentary, Firefest. How surprised are you going to be? With our boy, yeah, but, said, no, like, with our boy Eversol as the Billy character. The difference between I, Firefest and, and the AAF, though, is that people actually showed up for Firefest. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> players showed up for the AAF. Right. I think there definitely will be, and our boy Charlie will probably be executive producer. Because here's the thing. Now they're spinning it as – Oh, if it weren't for this guy who bought, you know, the owner of the Hurricanes or whatever, uh, who swooped in and 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 paid the money to do the takeover, he's just trying to steal the technology. Well, it's like you didn't pay the players after week one. If that guy didn't come in, you wouldn't have money to pay anyone. So whether he's stealing the technology or whatever, he paid seventy million. How did he invest seventy million dollars? Think about how much money they burned through and like. Guess what? The Firefest was only like thirty million that dude burned through. Well, the point of all this is, you know, ten, fifteen years from now, this is just going to give me an excuse to get one of these team hats and wear it around, ironically, which I can totally see myself doing. But I don't know where the teams were. So, I, is there a team in Kansas? Does New York have a team? Uh, no, I don't think either one of those. San Antonio had a team. Yeah, that's not. You know, I'm not going to wear a hat right. representing San Antonio. The hot shots, because I saw Sean when you tweeted at Sean Callahan from our Nebraska site yesterday. He said he wa- he was jealous of his dad getting to go to a game, and it. I was oh, thinking man. like, I thought he was joking. Why didn't you go to? A- <laughs> I don't think the so. hat that I'm going to be wearing is either going to be the Atlanta Legends because they've got a cool. I'm, I go on the website now. Is the only reason that the names of these teams, or it looks like the San Diego Fleet has got a cool battleship logo. 
Oh, I thought you said the San Diego uh, fleek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's next. Oh uh, yeah, we had the we had the bur- yeah the legend. The, actually, the legends I think is the coolest one. The Apollos, they can shove it. The Memphis Express that looks just like an Air Force. Well, the logo. Hot Shots is a is a fireman logo. That's what that is. That kind of like that's, that one. I yeah, like that's a good that. one right there. They got um, Oregon's so. colors, don't they? Or South Dakota uh, with some red red mixed uh-huh. in there. Yeah. As I said, I you know I remember this league. By the time that it was once on at a bar I was in, and that's that's pretty much it. That's my big reference of, of, of the AAF. I definitely would say that Rob, you and I have watched way more Canadian football uh, from whether it was Johnny's first game back or, like you said, at bars, especially during like June and July. I mean, when it, I feel like the CFL, I'll watch the CFL at my house. Like I feel like, it, and actually, when I I feel like I did I did tune into maybe. A, a quarter of the AF here, and I felt like the CFL was playing at a much higher level in terms of talent. So yeah, I've watched one whole CFL um, game, which is a lot more than AF I've seen. Yeah, which which cost us more than our time, if I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, moving on. So we'll get back to our normal topics, but I just I just had to not let it go, and I just I it just seems like. It just seems like it was crazy that so many people. And where's the accountability from all these reporters that were propping it up? Now that now they're just pretending like it never happened. I, I was trying to find out if if tweets had been deleted because I can't find a lot of them now. Yeah, thank God for the twenty four hour news cycle, huh? Right, exactly. All right, so the University of Georgia, and we had to talk about this. Six arrests, I think, in the last uh, month, month and a half, including two players who were arrested yesterday. There's been a lot of consternation about uh, what's going on. Is Kirby Smart losing control of the team? But if you if you break them down, which I did, <laughs> I'm not super con- I'm not super concerned about it uh, because it's a lot of. I think it was a we had a. Here's what we got. We had a traffic. This is what I never understand. How did these? How do people get a Dave? Let's, this is where we go to Dave's law corner. Uh, let's go. Jaden Hunter, friend of the show, plays linebacker for Georgia. He was arrested for traffic violations and driving with a suspended license. So if you get pulled over and you have a suspended license, they arrest you and take you to jail? No. Probably what happened was he got those um, and was cited and then failed to show up in court and then got a warrant for failure to appear. Uh, This is a classic football player crime. I have never heard of anybody not being a football player that has been locked up for this. And it happens all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, mean, Jaden Hunter was arrested and charged with driving with a suspended or revoked license. He was also charged with stopping, standing, or parking in a prohibited area. Dave. Well, another thing is, another thing is this. It could have been like his fifth offense. Or... He could have been a real jerk. So the cops can arrest you if if they feel as if a misdemeanor is being committed in their presence, right? So driving with a suspended license is not just a traffic violation. It's actually a misdemeanor. At least that's what it is here in Kentucky, and I imagine that's what it would be out in Georgia. So technically, the police can arrest you. Usually they don't. But if the guy was being like a huge jerk, then the cop can just say, okay, well, it's in my power to arrest you for this, so let's go, go on downtown. Right, so I just no. Forget, I don't get forget like, Alabama, Auburn, and Michigan, Ohio State. The greatest rivalry in college football is these players against unpaid parking tickets. It's, it's well, 
Yes, I can tell totally, that. I mean, I, I still might owe UCF money uh, for, <laughs> for parking tickets. Uh, but my, okay, moving on. Wasn't it Kansas State where players got arrested, Rob, for having stupid parking tickets? Because I remember people like tweeting it. Yeah, it happens at K State all the time, and it happens all over the place. I, it's, you know, you just see these, it's always unpaid parking tickets or unpaid traffic violations. And then they, you know, they. Well, and any college student will tell you that the traffic people are overzealous at any college campus in America. It must be a huge revenue when I was, stream because I don't. When I was I in did, college. There was a running back named Thomas Clayton that got <laughs> in trouble in these situations. Well, he ended up running over the parking attendant that was trying to run. <laughs> trying to wow! Jeez. Holy cow! Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's taken it a step too far. Although I, I wouldn't, I would be lying if I say I hadn't considered it. So let's go through Latavius Brinney, uh, who was from Rob's neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. He got arrested for simple battery, which his thing was. I believe he was at a bar. Let's see, no details led to the arrest. Um, Thursday night in Athens, though I believe he simple battery. That sounds like a a punch. Yeah, or it's what? a bar fight. He'll he'll have to do like he'll probably have to do like some community services, and they'll dismiss the case. That's what they usually do here in Jefferson County, as long as there isn't any uh, what we call restitution. Like if he broke a guy's jaw, he had to go to the hospital, and he accrued a bunch of medical bills. Then they'll probably make him plea, take you know sixty days probation unsupervised uh, with the condition that he pays restitution that won't be a i mean you know it's it's a college it's a college crime okay next next crime tyler simmons and tyreek stevenson charged with disorderly conduct okay so here's the story there uh they were in a downtown uh bar they uh were allegedly fighting with bar employees and were charged with disorderly conduct uh, an officer was working at the bar off duty and was alerted a fight was taking place. Officer called for assistance and responded to a chaotic scene with numerous bar patrons spilling out onto the sidewalk and street. After restoring order, witnesses identified them as the subjects allegedly fighting. The cloud bar. Now, this is what I want to talk to you, Dave. The cloud bar did not press charges. ACCPD charged Simmons and Stevens with disorderly conduct, and both were transported to jail. So. Yeah. That's fine because what what they do when the police show up, they're just going to interview some people that were there at the bar. So if somebody says, yeah, this person did it, this person uh, pushed – isn't Tyreek the guy who pushed the receiver over the bench? Was that Tyreek? No, no, that was Richard McCown. Okay. Tyreek is, is remember, a 2019 kid who wasted absolutely yeah, no time he, going to jail. I mean that was really quick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's better to rip that band-aid off now. You know what I mean? <laughs> that might have been a Get world record. No, but Tyreek did something where he beat a dude up in like a camp setting, like a seven on seven. And I remember, I think it was Jaden Hazelwood said something to the effect of, you won't do that to me. Because I remember at the five-star challenge, I was re- ready for like a confrontation, but you know, n- nothing happened. Uh, instead, we get like a confrontation. We get a confrontation for some other players. <laughs> Right. There was a fight. There was a there. Have, I mean, you should have seen how many near fights Rob and I witnessed this weekend at the uh, at the seven. But, but here's crazy. the thing with that charge, though. Um, it's a disorderly conduct. So they're not charging him with uh, uh, punching somebody or beating somebody up. So if the cops observed him out there uh, wilding out and um, acting, causing a disturbance to other people, a disturbance or annoyance, then they can charge him with disorderly conduct, no matter who says what, because the police actually observe the behavior. Will, so that's probably what happened. It will shock you to know, Dave, it will okay. shock you to know, Dave, that his seven-on-seven coach this weekend told Woody and I that he was, of course, breaking up the fight, and that's why he went to jail. 
Let me tell you something. Here's what why that might be accurate. Tyler, here's what the here's what the report said. Tyler Simmons was also charged with a misdemeanor disorderly conduct, according to a statement. Simmons was not booked into jail because he was instead taken to the hospital. Mm. The nature and severity of injuries are unclear. So it's very possible that Tyler was was fighting someone because he's had to go to the hospital. Uh, so anyway, moving on. Next charge. Uh, last but not least, we had. Uh, Robert Beal and Brenton Cox were arrested Thursday and charged with misdemeanor possession of marijuana, less than one ounce. So every single crime here, we have six six total. We have six total. None of them, Dave, will obviously lead to any jail time, correct? No, I, I'd be shocked if any of those guys got to j- went to jail for those charges, even if they had my, pr- priors. My, my question is it, – it, I thought in these college towns that cops kind of gave the football players the benefit of the doubt, no? Or, or it de- is that I mean, no, nah, it depends on where you're at. You know, like if you go on the warchant.com site, um, while the outside world was saying how, you know, the Tallahassee police force would kind of just let these Florida State players off, uh, they, they would – Say there's no way that's true. You know that half our players wait, got wait, kicked wait, out of wait, school. Wait. You're telling me you're telling me that people on message boards think that uh, some outside entity is out to get their football team. Yes, I do not. you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe that. For a second. You, no, not at all. But I'm just saying, like those people, like would actually cite players who were actually arrested. Uh, the Dent kid. Um, what was the What was the DB's name who got thrown off wait, the team and played in the arena? Already? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, different Dent. Okay. Like he was a receiver back in the back in the uh, mid aughts, um, and there was a there was a DB I can't remember his name. Uh, he got thrown off the team because uh, he just had too many. He was like a Lamarcus Joiner type. God, I can't remember. I, I can't remember these. No, maybe you'll think of it. But uh, anyway, there there have been a lot of arrests out in Tallahassee, and uh, you know. Okay, so anyway, the bottom line is none of these matter, but I've I've seen like people are like, you know, freaking out about it. And I do and Kirby Smart came came out, I believe, today, or maybe it was yesterday. It looks like today. I wasn't made aware, uh, kind of right as they were going into practice about their situation. This was Beal and Cox. I'm obviously extremely disappointed. I've obviously done a poor job with this group connecting and making sure they listen and understand that obviously we have policies and rules in place. These guys violated, they'll serve punishment they deserve. Um, I, of course, he says it's on him. That'll surprise and nobody, because uh, coaches always say that. 90% of our team, we've gotten the least number of misses, the least number of tardies and doing things right. I'm disappointed in the 10% that have not. Now, this happened... Did this happen with? I feel like it happened at Oregon with Taggart. It might have been. It might have been with Taggart. It might have been Helfrich's last year. Anyway, I, I do think you could say some complaint about oh discipline or whatever. But I think every college football coach and Rob, you've been around covering different teams. Don't you feel like every college football coach you've ever talked to, like especially this time of the year and from now until August, are just like dreading their phone ringing because they're worried about somebody getting in trouble because they just have a lot of yeah, time on their hands. 100%. This is the time that it all goes down, man. This is uh, that's they made the former cup for this part of the year, uh, especially, right? Right, exactly. And it tracks it on you could find it on Twitter. I think it's part of Reddit. I don't, uh, it's the former cup. They, I guess, I don't remember because I was too young. Was were there a lot of arrests when Phil Fulmer was coaching Tennessee? Yeah, I think that that's what it comes from, from is the, the entire team got arrested or something. Uh, if you're not if you're unfamiliar with the former cup, uh, it's something I think, yeah, perpetuated by Reddit, but it's it tracks, you know, which. 
uh, college football team has the most players arrested uh, in the course of a year. And it's got some type of a scoring system. It's not yeah, just no. I think arrest, it's different so. crimes and different. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm as familiar with the former cup rules as I am with the seven on seven rules, which is to say, completely unfamiliar. Well, anyway, I think a lot of it's blown out of proportion, especially you know, like I said, the marijuana thing. I, it's I don't want to get too socialist and lean into Rob's thing, but it's like if it's illegal in some states, at, at some point, you know, we're taking people to jail for it. It's like. I, I don't I don't know. It's just a, a frustrating situation. But you definitely, if you're a Georgia fan, you'll get a little nervous. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's just guys guys being dudes. Dudes being guys. dudes. Yeah, I mean, think about it like this, right? You're playing the most aggressive sport, team sport. I mean, I guess you could say MMA or boxing is worse. But you, you've got these guys who are adrenaline junkies who are out there on the field killing each other and that's just the way they are you know uh to to quote the to seven on seven coaches they got that dog in them right so when they go out right. and do this stuff in the off season and if it's a bar fight or something like that then then this is going to happen now the, the traffic ticket stuff that's that's could happen to anybody the the weed charges i mean there's a lot of people smoking weed on campus right i just, just i think it's cycle. worth noting that there's i wonder if you know thad and brock from the beta house got in trouble with a little bit of weed if they would have been taken to jail or not you know I mean, they probably would have got locked up, but they they went, it wouldn't be in the news because who gives gives a crap about the like house? Dad you know? and Brock usually get tickets for such a thing. <laughs> All right, yeah, exactly. Moving on, so 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 I would say that's not a. I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think I think if you're just a Twitter person, you see, man, George's had six players arrested, and then when you break them down one by one with our legal analyst Dave Lackford, you could see. We're talking maybe community service, Dave, and a lot of them just going out the window completely. Well, yeah, some shelf time, maybe a suspended license again. But that's my favorite thing when they're like, I can't plead to the suspended license because my license will get suspended. I'm like, you don't need your license to start your car, apparently, so <laughs> why do you care? Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. All right, moving on. It's spring game time at the time of year, and a couple different stories in the news. People are freaking out about spring game attendance. Uh oh uh, we have to have uh, it's a huge for recruiting attendance wise. This is the most overblown. I understand we have nothing to talk about this time of year. I just think it's insane that we're that we're going to go through this. Like, you know, we have the coaches come out. Oh, we need our. You know, Jeremy Pruitt came out said we need our stadium full. Um, you know, this, this article I'm reading says Pruitt knows. God, sorry, pop up ads. Uh, it's a sales pitch to recruits, and Pruitt believes spring game attendance is one way to get a recruit's attention. His quote says, we need our stadium full. I know our players are excited about it. I'm excited about it and looking forward to it. I feel like they're putting uh, – I, I, <laughs> I really – everybody takes advantage of the spring game to recruit. All sports, he says. Pruitt called out fans. This is where it makes interesting for Tennessee. Pruitt called out fans. I believe we talked about it on the podcast after last year's spring game when UT announced an attendance of 65,000 despite the stadium appearing more than half empty. I mean, it's a big thing. I think, we, <laughs> right, I think we talked about it at the time where we were like, so there were only 50,000 people there. Oh, come on, Tennessee fans. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to watch your practice. I, know. <laughs> I, I think, you know, any spring game I've ever been to, I've been paid to be there and I would – if I was a fan, I would continue that going forward. I would ask Jeremy Pruitt to give me ten dollars at the very least right. to go watch it. Two practice. beers, at least give me some drink tickets. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do these people I not think, realize how boring I these events are? People love it, man. People do. You'd be surprised. Fifty thousand people show up in Tennessee, and 
and the coach still ain't happy. Nebraska sells yeah. the thing. Nebraska sells the thing out. As we know, they're really reeling in the recruits. You know, they've got all the five stars on that team. They saw it the spring game. <laughs> right. It's like, see, guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think some schools don't even have them at all. I saw Iowa canceled theirs uh, for because I think their stadium wasn't ready or something like that. And then TCU canceled theirs uh, just, I think, yesterday or today, saying that they had too many injuries. Um, so, so they're not having theirs either. And it's just like, like Rob said, they're so boring. I mean, sometimes we, I watch some of them on TV, especially I'll be watching Alabama's to see Mac Jones, but it's not riveting to be there live and be like, you know, unless some teams will do a thing where they really draft it up and play a game, but most teams are just running through situations. It's just like a practice. Hey, Rob. What do you think the attendance is going to be down at uh, Miami Seminole Hard Rock for the for the Hurricanes? See, they don't game? usually do it there, so I don't know what they're going to do. No, no, they're doing it in Orlando. They're doing it in Orlando. They move it around a little bit. So no one's going to show up. No, right? of course I mean, who's gonna... not. A... Well, well, I had so – Miami's I had ranked seen... what in recruiting this year? Second? They... Are they second? I have not looked. They have a good class, well, but they keep losing. They're, they're, they're going to plummet now, man, when <laughs> nobody shows up to their spring game in Orlando, man. Recruits are going to be like, you know, I really want to go to a school that has a packed spring game. I'm just going to decommit right now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to so, decommit for other reasons. But <laughs> well, I know. Come on, man. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke here. I know. <laughs> so so one, one of the reasons Miami is playing their spring game in Orlando is because the Rolling Stones were supposed to play – in Hard Rock Stadium, well, that, well, that day. well, who resonates with seventeen-year-old uh, kids like the Rolling Stones? Man, that totally makes sense. Well, so the so the Rolling Stones canceled their con- their series or their concert tour because of Mick Jagger being sick or something, and now they are still playing in Orlando. So I'll be I'll be curious to see. We should do it over under really on the the Vols. They announced we have to go by the announced. It was sixty-two, I think, last year. So. Over or under that 62 and a half. I'm going to take over think? just because as much as people hate to admit this, the cult of the coach is real. And if, you know, if our five-star general in this war, Jeremy Pruitt, says we need to go to the spring game, then those Vol fans by gone are going to be at the spring game. Mick, Mick Jagger's age over under. Also, I hate that I know this, but Mick Jagger's having heart surgery is why they canceled the Rolling Stones tour. Oh, boy. So we go to our resident, Mick Jagger. You don't, you don't want to know why I know that. I won't get into it, but there's, there's a reason I know He's that. 75. That's, that's a good serious thing right there for a 75-year-old. I, I think it's definitely going to be announced over. The question is, will there be another controversy of the upper deck is empty? It's like I can promise you not one recruit in the – you know, we should do that story, Rob. After the thing, we should we should do a spring game attendance story. So we're going to do that. So – We'll wrap it up with with that. With uh, we'll wrap the whole thing together. We'll we'll observe the games over the next two or three weeks, and then uh, maybe at the five star challenge, we'll ask kids, "Do you know how many people were at Tennessee's spring game?" And the ki- even the kids that were there will we'll, we'll have no clue. They'll say, no oh, yeah, so we'll lit. see. Well, those people. Yeah, oh, it was a good crowd. It was it was a lot of fans there, and that's what they'll say. They're not going to say, "Oh man, section two hundred seven was empty." I couldn't believe it. I, yeah. I no way I'm considering my, them my, now. My dad, my myself, my mom. We, we just left early because we were so outraged that the upper deck was empty. <laughs> yeah, we, we could we could not believe it. So, uh, all right, next topic. We got all types of stuff. USC seem continually to get bad publicity here. We had the Cliff Kingsbury situation. We had this uh, Dr. Dre. 
Well, <laughs> oh, you think Dr. Dre was bad publicity? Yeah, didn't you see the, the, Wait, on, the uh, he was bragging about, he took a picture with his daughter uh, saying how um, he got in, she got into USC and then they were like, yeah, you donated like uh, $75,000 to the university or something. So they, you know, and he was saying and she got in the right way. She didn't pay and everybody else was like, oh yes, you did. <laughs> Okay, so the, that was the Lackford version of the story. The, uh, <laughs> the notes. Yeah, lax, lax facts. Uh, it's a good thing that so nobody even knows who Dr. Those- Dre is anymore in 2019. It's That's nice. <laughs> now, straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton made him relevant again. My kids know NWA. Okay. All right. So getting back to the initial read of the story here, <laughs> they had the admission scandal where we had all the hilarious Aunt Becky jokes and memes, which are still somehow coming through. So uh, USC's uh, coaches in a couple different sports were tied into uh, faking recruits, uh, you know, resumes to try to get them through admissions, and they were taking bribes on the side, and uh, including, I think, an associate AD. And of course, you know, Lynn Swan, the AD there came out and said he knew nothing about it. The Dr. Dre story was that Dr. Dre's daughter got into USC and Dr. Dre said, oh, she did it all on her own. No cheating. And then, you know, Dr. Dre had donated uh, $70 million, not 75000 70 uh, I was a little off. But it, was to, it was to build a building that is named after him. It's not like the, the uh, it's not like he just paid someone money so but that's how it works i mean i i, I think though his daughter you should tell me have, the building is called know, the, the dr academic. j medical center no it's like a music production thing with him and oh, jimmy I cool. um so anyway all right then the latest uh twist and turn in this saga was lynn swan the ad i believe wow let me let me make the uh <laughs> let me let me i'm trying to find the exact facts here uh we got jay billis chiming in talking all types of things um it is pretty impressive but so so anyway they were having a meeting i don't know somehow it, the story doesn't come up when uh when i search for it but while he was supposed to be uh instead of being on campus where we're having all this stuff going on he was across the country uh doing autograph signings uh, at a memorabilia show, which have, have, before we get into Lynn, have you guys ever been to one of those things? I have not. A memorabilia show? Yeah. 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 When I was a kid, for sure. I mean, and people pay, people pay money to, people pay money to take pictures and sign autographs with these guys? Yeah, I was at one where Barry Sanders was there and he was just, you know, one after another signing whatever somebody would put in front of him, footballs, jerseys, whatever. And I was thinking to myself, why does Barry Sanders need to do this? And they apparently they paid him like six figures. Okay, so yeah. Well, here's the thing. You'd think, here's, here's what I don't get. You think the organizers of the event would say, look, Lynn Swan, we're paying you five grand to come and it's we're charging people 25 to get in. But then they're paying the kid. They're paying them indiv- You have to pay individually to get an autograph on a certain person. How do they do it? Like these Game of Thrones conventions and stuff. But uh, here was the lead in the LA Times, a scathing article. Said, Back in Los Angeles, the struggling football program was holding a spring scrimmage. The disappointing men's basketball team was sitting out March Madness. The athletic department was coping with the ongoing fallout from the college admissions bribery scandal that had already resulted in indictments and subsequent firings of the school's water polo coach and a senior administrator. 
and trustees and senior leaders were discussing university governance issues at a nearby retreat in Santa Barbara. Meanwhile, USC Athletic Director Lynn Swan was more than 2,600 miles away signing autographs for money. Eesh. Yeah, that's a... (laughs) So, So, our boy Lynn, you know, who I believe didn't have any experience... Working in as a, I think he ran for office at yeah, one point. Yeah, he ran point. for governor of Pennsylvania. I met him. I met him in Philly uh, on the Fourth of July. I actually, shook his hand. Told told him I like John Stallworth better. <laughs> he got him. He showed him. Yeah, <laughs> and he lost that election too. It's almost like being a football player doesn't qualify you to do other jobs. Crazy, right? <laughs> pro wrestler, pro wrestler, yes. Football player, no. Okay, so so here's the next piece. The next piece of the puzzle. So so our boy Lynn came out on Tuesday and defended his actions. Uh, the article would have you believe that I traveled to sign autographs with no concern for what is going on at USC. Nothing could be further from the truth. Well, on this brief weekend trip back east, I was constantly connected with people at our university. Also, as a matter of principle, I continue to live up to my commitments and contractual obligations. I signed a contract months ago to appear at the event well before news broke what's going on at USC now, not showing what had been a breach of contract. <laughs> come, on. come on, Lynn. Oh, that's the excuse we're Jesus. using. Uh, so, so after that, uh, we have uh, we have former USC linebacker Ricky Ellison, who played at the 1978 USC National Championship winning team, sounded off. I couldn't believe it. Lynn's a good guy, but isn't his salary in the millions? Why does he need to do this? It's embarrassing. The Times reported fans were paid either 200, 220 or 250 for an, per autograph. $50 more for a special phrase in addition to his signature. I mean, who, let, let me tell you something. Uh, who is paying that money for what is Lynn Swan that big of a deal? I, I, they're, I don't know, the Steelers fans. And I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Let me ask you, Rob, do you think we should become autograph collectors considering how many football players <laughs> we have annoying us on a daily yeah, basis? I feel like, I feel like the autograph E sometimes. I don't, I, can you really sell autographs for money that much in 2019 in the year of our Lord? Is that, I, I, I was thinking that it's like a practice that went out of, out of style in the eighties or something. Yeah, well, me too. I mean, just take a selfie, right? Like what, what, where are we at? I just, I just feel like, I mean, on a regular basis, we have interactions with, first of all, at our camps, we have several NFL players working there. I mean, are people playing like Santonio Holmes coaches, the wide receivers at our camps, are people paying money for that? I would think so. If you're paying for Lynn Swan, Maybe part of the money is they want to meet him. I don't know, man. It's some, so, so anyway, look, USC, Lin Swan, he's got to go. I'm sorry. I'm not a fire somebody person, but this is a disaster. The whole thing's a disaster. Clay, The Clay Helton situation, you know, the fans are beside themselves. They want him to be fired. Now, I don't know if he should or not based on the merits, whatever. How hard is it for USC to just go and like the, the whole Pac-12 situation? It just seems to be, you know, befuddling one thing after another with the the stories that we've seen about Larry Scott coming out. I mean, it's 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 super depressing. As someone who likes the Pac-12 and I like them to be relevant, 
it's almost it's almost getting to the point now where you see why the conference is falling behind everyone. And if you think they're not, I mean, go look. I mean, look at the look at the situation. The college football playoff they were they're not anywhere near it. The, the final four they're not anywhere near it. I know it's been they you know they have been in recent years. Do you think Lynn Swan survives the year? I just don't. I think Lynn Swan gets fired in the fall, uh, either during or after the season, and I think Helton probably gets fired too. And then the the solution is they bring in an AD and a coach at the same, like you know, they they bring in essentially a new. Package it's kind of amazing deal. he survived this long. So big ups to him, you know, with everything that kind of fell apart under his watch. It's I'm really impressed with the way he's kind of uh, he's kind of hung in there. Yeah, how's he selling these autographs when the fan base wants him fired? Because too? He's, he's got an NFL. <laughs> he's got he's got an NFL well. fan base that still doesn't care about what he does to USC. You know, yeah, Steelers. I just. It must be old people that are paying this. I I just can't. I just I just don't. You're telling me. First of all, the the, the kids we deal with play football and would have no earthly idea who wins one. We, we need to set up one of these so, services where I mean, we get a bunch of athletes and we run their autographs for them. And we take a percentage. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could get them to do selfie videos. Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to read some case law on that one. There. <laughs> There we go. I got a big laugh out of Rob with the callback. Robin, what do you do now? Uh, they pimp out professional athletes. <laughs> yeah, they got former recruits. They got former recruits. Actually, not even professional athletes, just five stars who didn't pan out and just have them yeah. meet with people. We'll have them read a script and give like personal messages to fans, and then the fan can like pin it on their profile and stuff. It's a good idea. I like it. I like, I like where your head's at. I, I saw, I know, I definitely know. A member of my family paid upwards of a hundred dollars to, or more than that, to have a, a real housewife read some birthday message or something. So oh, Lord. Um, that that already exists. It's just like maybe we just got to get in on the athlete game. Uh, we'll talk to our boy Zach see if he can make that happen. <laughs> All right, enough USC. I got I got Cliff Kingsbury talk. I heard about this a lot. This was kind of a topic from last week when we were supposed to do the show last week. Kingsbury says he's going to give football players cell phone breaks uh, 30 minutes after every 30 minutes because they start getting antsy in meetings. And boy, football coach Twitter lost it. Rob, did. did you see this? <laughs> and you know, I, I, I like it. I mean, I, I think as much as you can do to be a player's coach and to help these players, even if you don't understand it, uh, I think it's, it's you know, a good thing. <laughs> but, and also anything that really pokes the hive of the, you know, football guy, capital F, capital G, uh, Twitter. I, I always enjoy, I always take the side of the thing that makes football people uncomfortable. Dave, you have a teenage son. If you took it, how long, if you took his phone away, how long until he starts like scratching himself like a, like an addict? I don't know. Jace, how long can you go without your phone? How many minutes without like having withdrawal? Jace on the pod here. He said a minute. You, you've been sitting here for three minutes getting on my nerves without the phone. <laughs> I give my kids the phone so they get off my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably go to the Xbox if I took the phone away so it wouldn't be no no big deal. Is he on spring break or yeah, what? What's yeah, going they on? got spring break this week, so so they're home. Oh, geez. All kinds of fun in the Lackford house. All right. Uh, so that's it. We're in on it, and I think everybody will be doing this. I mean, this is a perfect example of – well, I think was it Scott Frost who said he doesn't yell at his guys anymore. I mean, ooh, can we talk about Tom Izzo then for a second? Because that thing set off shockwaves in coaching Twitter. Yeah, that and also, Twitter yeah, that also ticked the nerves of football guy, capital F, capital G. 
Oh, that was a, there was a lot of people arguing. Yeah, go ahead, but Dave. Here's, let's talk here's the thing, right? His quote was something like, "I don't know what market or I don't know what business place you work in, but you know, if you can't be held accountable, you're not going to live that long, or you're not going to work there that long." And some dude on Twitter was like, "F this dude, yeah, start screaming at another coworker and have to be physically restrained to see how long you last there." And I thought that was an awesome tweet because. These people act like football coaches and, and, and basketball coaches and just people who play sports in general, uh, the way that they operate can transfer to the business world. First of all, you play a game. You spent your whole life playing games, okay? You are not uh, a prosecutor. You're not a cop. You're not a firefighter. You're not a CEO of a million-dollar corporation, you understand? That's a totally different environment, and there are different rules and different social norms there. And that that tweet was on point because no way am I going to stand up in a board meeting or, or at some kind of function and start screaming at another coworker or a subordinate where other subordinates have to hold me back from physically touching him? Are you out of your mind? So sure, uh, do we want our kids to be soft and do we want our coaches to yell? I personally don't have any problem with the coach being intense and yelling at their players like that. I don't think it's effective communication but it worked for Tom Izzo because he's in the final four and he knocked off the greatest basketball player and the rest of his team. But I still think that um, that guy's tweet was just hilarious because these people are out of touch. They're out of touch with the working man in America. And that's the end of my rant. Well, you know, Scott Van Pelt went on like a, like a, he does his like one big thing or whatever on his show, I think. And uh, one of the things that he talked about was he said, like, oh, this is preparing kids for job interviews. What's going to happen? Are they going to Marine Corps boot camp interview? Are you trying to interview to be a drill instructor? What are you talking about? Let me see if I can find it. I, I, I actually had it favor. I actually had it favorited. And then I took it off because I was like, no, screaming at him. I would love that. That would be great. Like they should have did that. The Scott Van Pelt's the guy that played for Pittsburgh, the backup quarterback, right? <laughs> no, that was Alex. Alex Van Pelt is the blonde guy. Scott Van is bald. Okay, so we're not gonna listen to the whole thing here, but we'll just let me. Okay, let me get it queued up. Make sure you guys can hear it. All right, ready. I spoke about Tom Izzo last night on the show. It was not a surprise to see it become a talking point on shows and on social media. This isn't about snowflakes or being soft. It is about a gigantic problem we have not only allowed to happen in society, but go out of our way to ensure gets worse. People seem to have a real issue when they're held accountable or if others are too harshly. We're so concerned with if anyone has had their feelings hurt that we lose sight of this fact. Life has a scoreboard. The world will be difficult, and we do nobody any favors when we coddle them to the point that they never hear criticism or hear a harsh word or have to face any adversity. Because when nobody in a job interview or negotiation stops to ask about your feelings and then you don't get the job or you don't get the contract, what are you going to do? Demand the world stop being mean to you? The college admission scandal is a great example of this. They st- all right, all right. Oh, That's- my God. I wanted to stab want to myself in your ear with an ice so- pick. <laughs> Yeah, our world, the, the same world where people dig up 13-year-old tweets to to make people <laughs> has a real problem with accountability, right? Yeah, we don't we don't want to hold anybody accountable except everybody in the entire world for things they said 10 years ago. What, what, you can't have it both ways.
Oh my God. Dave? I, first of all, if I want to be pontificated at, I'll go on Twitter. I don't want my ESPN guy pontificating to me about social issues. First and foremost, man, I, I am done with, I can't, that's why I don't watch sports talk TV or even listen to it on the radio, but keep listening to this podcast. Though, this is <laughs> I was better real. before I, before I heard this. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, you're right. We don't make anybody accountable for anything, even though everybody in the entire world has had their tweets over the last 10 years combed through to be held accountable for if they accidentally made a typo instead of bad words. <laughs> but now nah, you're right. We're not yeah. I mean, look at look at the like, isn't there like a total accountability movie uh, a movement throughout the movie industry right now? I mean, Bill Cosby's in prison. Um, Louis C.K. can't get work anywhere. They they kicked the guy off a house of cards. I mean, how, everyone's being held accountable. It's, just, it's not a problem that's being made worse because people aren't being held accountable. It's that people are just acting like there's no statute of limitations on anything at this point in time, and you could be hauled off and, and fired into in a conference room for something you did 15 years ago. Our boy Scott Van Pelt is usually typically a pretty smart guy too. So I, you know, we should say that, that you know at least point out that usually he's pretty measured and. Uh, you know, not, not not ranting about snowflakes, not being held accountable. Yeah, he said about I the like snowflakes, that. man. Come on. <laughs> I like it. Well, I like how angry you guys are. It makes me happy. <laughs> I don't really care if Tom the, – the, I think Barkley was the one who said it the best, was like, it's not going to stop happening, so it doesn't matter what any of us say about it. Barkley, uh, Barkley spit on a little kid and threw a guy through a plate glass window in a restaurant back in the 90s. Let's hold him accountable for that right now. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but you know, only certain people are held accountable uh, in the past. But uh, it is funny that you guys are so mad about it. I don't care. Coaches yell at me. I just don't think, it's a, I don't think it's super effective. I think a lot of these kids, when they get screamed at now, and, and Rob can – can attest i mean to and maybe you can too dave from being on the sidelines at games when you have a coaching staff start cussing and yelling at kids a lot of them will shut down it's not like they respond so i'm gonna you know a lot of kids don't bounce back they end up you know almost pouting right so well, i mean and okay so i don't want to get into a psychological discussion here but if you think about interpersonal communication you can't just have a blanket approach to everybody right so you have to treat some kids certain ways and understand what motivates each one individually. So if you got one kid that you know likes to be coach hard and, and is into that, then that's fine. But w- would you do that to Malik Henry? That wouldn't be wise to do that to Malik Henry because what's he going to do? You know, he's going to go and shut down and throw six interceptions and, 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 and Thomas in defense. You don't know what kind of kid the guy was that he was. I mean. Right. You don't know what kind of kid that guy was. And like I said, I mean, obviously he's gotten results because he's in the final four. I don't four have right any now. problem with what Izzo did. I have I, just Van Pelt is annoying me. <laughs> this is really, really what it comes down to. And I don't really have any problem with Izzo yelling at the kids. I just had a problem with what he said in the press conference where he tried to extrapolate yelling at kids in the sporting event to what happens in corporate America. Yeah, I agree. Although. I'm trying to think if I've ever been screamed at. Uh, if I've ever been screamed at at work, I was screamed at in the Marine Corps all the time, you know. But that's what you expect there because that's that's the lay of the land, right? But at the county attorney's office, I've never been screamed at by one of my superiors. Now I've had a couple of angry defense attorneys, <laughs> but I've never been screamed at by someone holding me accountable because that's not professional. Yeah, I mean, I get in trouble a lot more than you guys, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've even yelled at, uh, screamed at. Uh, I 
Rob's definitely screamed at people at work. <laughs> yeah, well, Rob, Rob, uh, you know, I don't want to mess with Rob, man. Like you told me to mess with Rob before the show, and I was like, man, I ain't asking him that. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, but I didn't scream at a subordinate. At least I screamed, I screamed at a coworker. And an equal, he screamed at an equal. I don't scream at subordinates. Yeah, scream, scream up. Be an up screamer. You know, I have yeah, also screamed yeah, up. Yeah, I've never screamed up. down. I've I've screamed up. I. I don't know. I've, I'm mentally ill. I do remember one of our former bosses uh, screaming, telling one of our coworkers that he wasn't uh, Andy effing Staples. Oh, man. <laughs> do you remember that? I forgot about that. Of all the people. Wait, wait, wait. Why is he putting Andy Staples on a pedestal Let's like that? One of our old I bosses know, named but... after Season told one of, our, one of our current coworkers that is has some uh, police-like tendencies that he wasn't Andy effing Staples. <laughs> oh... That was on a conference call with all of us. He lost it. He was so he was yelling. So take that. Uh, Scott Van Pelt is right, uh, and everyone should be yelled at all the time. So, all right, we'll move on. A <laughs> little more, little, little more serious topic. Uh, Georgia Tech. Of course, we had the unfortunate death of Brandon Adams, a defensive tackle. Uh, wasn't during football practice. I, I actually read that it was during uh, like a fraternity. Uh, stepping practice uh, and, and for those of you who don't know stomp some fraternities yeah kind of like a stomp the yard situation they do these cool dances and sort of in sync and so i guess he was learning the dances and he said he started feeling well and he and he kind of passed out and hit his head and then he he uh he died shortly thereafter it was a terrible tragedy by new brandon when he was a player big jolly kid uh, and it was definitely uh, depressing to see. And, you know, of course, there was the outpouring of support on on social media and things like that. Um, and then we ran into trouble, of course, on Twitter. Where else would we run into trouble, right? Yes. So Brent Key, who uh, is a new assistant coach at Georgia Tech, I think he's the co-offensive coordinator. He was at Alabama before. I knew him when he was at UCF way back in the day when I was in college. And uh, this, I think it was maybe the day or the day after they got a commitment from four-star Miles Brooks, who we talked to this weekend. And uh, Coach Key tweeted, Georgia Tech has always and will continue to attract great men. Today we lost a great man and gained another great man. Even in dark days, the future is bright. So uh, he deleted the tweet pretty quickly. Uh, it seemed to pick up a lot of steam on social yeah, media. Yeah, got him. Uh, well, I'm looking at uh, your favorite site, Barstool Sports. Here, uh, it's got a, got a lot of reaction, a lot of interactions. Like one of those things here. where Barstool would defend it, right? Like, yeah, Barstool, the moral authority of social yeah. media. Oh, okay, well, I don't want to litigate Barstool, but. Uh, I, I think uh, they they did not defend him. They called it stupid. Um, absolutely wild. Uh, uh, you know what they say about college football. Nothing like getting over the tragic death of one of your players, like securing the commitment of a four-star recruit. <laughs> um, so, so they're not – intern Jack Mack, who wrote this article, is not taking – not pulling any punches on coach. I Here's the thing. This is – I don't think – you know, obviously the way it came out was horrible and I'm not defending, I'm not going to defend what he said. I do see where he was coming from and in his mind when he wrote it probably was, you know, the way he spun it, but this just shows how wrapped up these coaches are and what this recruiting and what goes on. It's just like, this is a disaster, man. Like even, you know, if I was Georgia tech, I might've asked, I might've asked 
Miles to wait a couple of days before announcing his commitment just because it was just like bad timing because then you can't have, you know, you can't have coaches tweeting Yahtzee and whatnot the day a kid on the team dies. So the whole thing was a bad look. And I, I was actually kind of disappointed that he didn't come out and apologize. And I'm not Mr. Demanded Apology, dude, but. I mean, it would have been real easy for him to say, hey, I used a bad choice of words. You know, we love Brandon, blah, blah, blah. We were also excited, you know, about some additions. And I just, I misspoke and it was a stupid way to talk. And as I mentioned, to someone who gets in trouble a lot, I've issued a lot of apologies. Somehow we've forgotten that it's okay to say, look, I didn't mean any malice by it, but I understand that that looks awful. (laughs) That's easy. That's all you get to do. And I, actually, I was at the gym, and I thought it had kind of died down. And just the other day, somebody at the gym came up to me. And I was like, "Man, what, what's up with this? What's up with this Georgia Tech coach?" And he, he was all mad about it. I was like, "I don't know, dude. It was stupid." And he was like, "Yeah, you know, hell yeah, it was stupid." And then he wanted to he wanted to know why he hadn't apologized. Like I had an answer. I was being put on trial. <laughs> I'm like I have, I have no idea. Uh, I wish I could tell you. What are you so, going to uh, fight with these college football coaches? What was he thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't don't lump me in with them, please. I think Justin uh, Flo like came to his defense. Uh, Five star big baby came to his defense and said, uh, you, "You know, some I'm paraphrasing here, baby but man. He was just trying to pick. Yeah, he yeah, baby man. My bad, my bad. He 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 was defending him. I don't remember exactly what he said, but the gist of it was like, you know, you're you're blowing this out of proportion. He was just he was celebrating the life of the guy who died and also saying that you know what will persevere, which was well, what so. he said, but the optics were, they, they looked to be like, you're kind of minimizing this player's death. That's the way I took it. Right, we had a tweeter from Derek Wingo, another uh, four-star linebacker. Not what he meant That's at all. Was Derek Wingo, my bad. Social media takes everything and blows it out of proportion. Coach Key is trying to be positive. Ever thought about what Coach Key and that family is going through? <laughs> Thank, you. Like, Thank you. Thank all right, you. Thank you. Thank yeah, I think I would have sat that one out. I thought, uh, I thought that was pretty insightful from a set for a seventeen-year-old, well, though. It's a it's I, lot I, better than uh, you know, blessed to receive an invite to the Nook Camp or whatever. Well, yeah, I just I would have left out the last part about what Coach Key is going through. I don't well, know. and he's a new um, coach too. So, yeah, the, uh, the, there were a couple of people that replied to Derek saying, saying. Uh, uh, saying that, you know, hey, the wrong person, of course, says, great post. The complainers and people who start drama try to turn this into something bad. And then, of course, somebody says, you know. The second, yeah, second yeah, the first, start drama comes on, we got to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So anyway, all right, moving on. Uh, well, last but not least, transfer waiver approvals. Have you noticed what started with Tate Martell and college football media is angry for some reason th- about players getting their approvals passed. Have you seen the tweets? Have you seen people no, complaining about this? Why did Tate pro transfer? So, uh, so do, I thought so too, but I mean, I think today was Jack Tuttle got, a, got his approved. Uh, and let's see, what do we have tweet-wise here from oh, Stuart Mandel? What do you think a transfer would have to put in his immediate eligibility waiver for it not to be granted? At this Is he time? really complaining, though? Well, I mean, 
Uh, I don't know. I I feel like that's a complaint. He's, he's pointing out the state of affairs. But you're right. right but it's I mean, almost like give us anything. You know, give us anything and we'll approve you. That seems like the the landscape at, at the current time. Yeah, but why? My thing is like, listen, listen. This guy for whatever reason, this kid. QB one. I think it's the show. Part of the show, whatever. There's never been a kid that has played less that, for whatever reason, everybody seems to have this like silent contempt for. Nobody comes out to say it because obviously he's still a kid that hasn't played it down. But there is definitely some like underlying, I, I don't know where it started or why it started, where people just he just doesn't sit right with people. People behave. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, why do we care if people sit? Everyone, no one should have to sit out then. Fine. I agree. Let him go. I mean, what, what are you – it's free agency. Well, it's like, guess what? I went to four different colleges and did I ever have to sit out? Well, I did sit out a year voluntarily to get my residency when I moved to Florida to game, to yeah, game the system. Smart move. But – so I get that in-state tuition. Yeah. But nobody made me sit out. Like if, if you're in good academic – the only thing I could say, if you're in good academic standing – you should be allowed to transfer just like any other normal student. And so if football coaches don't like it, I don't care. I mean, I get Gary Patterson, who canceled his spring game earlier, as we mentioned, he, he, he came out and said he wanted to know the names of the people approving the transfers. It's like, why? Why do you need to know the names of the people approving the transfers? Why does that matter? Also, what are you going to do about it, Gary? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you're going to – A veiled threat? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, what, what does this have to do with anything? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Let me see if I can find his exact quote. Uh, nice transfer. Gary Patterson wants the names of NCAA employees improving, approving uh, transfer waivers. He says, I want the names of all those people that are deciding to do that. So everybody knows their names when they ruin the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't care if there's lawyers involved. I don't care if any of that's involved. The bottom line is we need to do what's best for the game. What? I mean, Gary, didn't you have Kenny Hill on your team as a uh, as a uh, transfer who was the quarterback just like two years ago? Their their quarterback who played last year was a transfer. Like, Ooh, what are we doing? How about this, Gary? What's best for the game? Three kids stockpiled at Alabama, sitting a bench until they're seniors, or two of those players going somewhere, playing immediately and increasing the talent pool. Because to me, that sounds like that's what's best for the game. And Gary, what are you talking about? No one's even transferring out of your school. Look, like that. here's why. Here's, here's why. Well, if, if you really want to bring it down, the quarterback. It's, yeah, a the quarterback left. B if. Oh yeah, if, your boy. If there so are no of- repercussions for transfers and they don't have to sit out and anybody can just transfer. Right. Which means Alabama is going to get more kids because they'll think, Hey, look, I'll go to Alabama no matter what the depth chart looks like. And if it's not good, I'll just transfer out, which means less recruits for TCU, which directly impacts Gary Patterson. And that is why Gary Patterson is upset. Right. Uh, here's Patterson's quarterback leaves. <laughs> here's what college football talk said. Patterson's point, and it is not necessarily a wrong one, is that coaches who believe tough love is the best way to mold players then see then we'll see all their players leave before that love can appropriately toughen them up. <laughs> oh my god. After 
after they get away from here, as a general rule, they come back as they mature and understand. They figure out what we were trying to do and accomplish, Patterson said. If you go through that process with a young man and grow them up just like a parent does, then we're cheating, to be honest with them. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to some easy love utopia like when they yeah, leave TCU. He's mad that him being a dick is now going to conversely <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just this sort of ties in with the Izzo stuff in terms of guys, maybe uh, you know, guys maybe moving on down the line in terms of these. Where did Robinson old, transfer? Mizzou. Yeah, Missouri. And it, where he's not eligible, he has to sit out. He is sitting out this year. And isn't is Odom like a, a player's coach? Is he is he Cliff Kingsbury? Is he going to give people Twitter <laughs> breaks in the meeting? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't know Odom that well. Rob, I think Rob knows him a little bit. Rob, do we yeah, have him on the podcast? He, on? he might have been on here. I don't know him super well. He is definitely not Gary Patterson, but he's also not Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's somewhere kind of in the middle. Um, he's either Gary Patterson or your Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. All right, moving down the line, we got the old uh, tweet of the week time, which uh, which uh, Dave dug up from Jalen Strong, a former Arizona State receiver. Is he in the NFL still, or is he probably Washington? <laughs> yeah. uh, I really, like I said, I loved him in college. I thought he was going to be amazing. He's on the Cleveland Browns, according to uh, Wikipedia. He only has 31 career catches for 330 yards. Wow, for a third-round pick. He's been in the league for four seasons now. Yep. Come on, Jalen. He was so he was so good in college on Arizona State. He was good for the Mount Airy Bantams in Philadelphia too. In the Pop Warner. How did, how did he end up uh how did he end up from Philadelphia going to Arizona State? Oh, he went to uh let's see. He had scholarships from Oh, did he went to JUCO? Is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. He had scholarships from Eastern Michigan, Villanova, VMI before opting to attend Pierce College. He attended Pierce College and then he went to uh, I guess he only played in, in, he only played one year. Oh no, he played two years at, at uh, Arizona State. So anyway, Jalen comes through with a great tweet for us. I think the Earth flat. So what? <laughs> it's an opinion. Don't tell me it's round because none of you have seen it. Only pictures. So is he yeah. is, is he saying that the Earth being flat is an opinion, or that the Earth being round is an both. opinion, or both? Both. Both. Yeah, you ain't see. Yeah, exactly. Well, guess what? I've never seen air, and there aren't even any pictures of it. So I don't believe in air based on Jalen Strong Juco logic. Pierce College, shout out to the logic uh, I professor. I think these are just there. people. And I mean, it's kind of sort of Kyrie too, where they're just clearly trolling people, right? Like nobody actually believes this. I think they just say it to get reactions out of people like us. No, they believe it. You have to believe it to tweet that. I would, I, mean, I, would, I, would, cool. I would, I would, tweet something like that if it hadn't already been done into the ground. The other day, I tweeted that seven on seven is much better than real football, and so many mad football people in my mentions. <laughs> yes, I saw that because of, because of the uh, they brought out the they brought out the little kid um, basket and the kid Players, the coaches. Fan. Just and the whole reason I did it was to kind of tweak those people. <laughs> but I, I would definitely tweet that I thought the Earth was flat if it hadn't already been overdone. Uh, <laughs> listen, it's definitely the hot dog is a sandwich, uh, uh, type. What was the other yeah, what, what, Christmas movie? That's the yeah, people one. think what's the, there, wasn't, there, wasn't there another one that really makes you mad? Rob? Those two are the, the, the two biggest 
ones. Also, regional hamburger debates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is what? the... Well, you guys were making fun of me. <laughs> you guys were making fun of me because I was tweeting about uh, the airline, and I wasn't complaining at the airline. I was... Uh, Complaining about that stupid no, song even, they keep playing. Did you ever listen to me? I saw whoever responded to you. Was it? It was a Strilo, right? Strilo. Strilo is making fun of me. Strilo, one of the nicest guys in the world. Very sneaky, funny. He will. Uh, he will get you on some uh, uh, with his old dad humor and his uh, backhanded way of delivering it. I like nice guys that make mean jokes and nobody really hears it. Like our friend Dave Barry's been known to do that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it definitely, definitely happened. So, all right, moving on rants and recommendations. I have a complaint for sure. Um, what did I put Russian doll? On? I put it what on Russian doll. Yes, oh, I, I was going to recommend it, but we're at an hour and 12 minutes. So I'm not recommending anything. Let's get out of here. <laughs> hey, the people want to show Rob. What hour are you talking two. about? No one's going to care. It's an hour and 12 minutes. I listen I listen to podcasts and they always say that. We got to end early. We got to hurry up and end. I'm like, why? I'm listening to it. What do I care? All right. Well, I'll say you, you, you cut off your show for next week. You, you go ahead. Well, I don't have anything to recommend. Dave, you got anything? No. All right. I do have a quick rant. So I was in Oregon last weekend and we've hit a pro, we've hit a point in Oregon where there are no bathrooms. That's it. Bathrooms are out. You cannot go to the bathroom at any business, even businesses businesses that you are a paying customer of, because I guess they don't want people coming in off the street, you know, maybe street people, as they refer to them as in uh, Wild Wild Country, another recommendation of this show. So now we've altered all of customer service to, to affect how many one or two people a day, maybe coming in to use the bathroom is now like, you just can't go to the bathroom. If you, if you don't go to the bathroom before you leave your house in Oregon, that's it. You're done. You just have to pee on the side of the road, I guess. And it's incredibly frustrating. So there has to be a better solution to no public bathrooms. How about, you remember, what about the thing where they give you the key? Remember that you go to the counter, they give you the key, or there's like a punch code. And they give you a key attached to a cinder block. <laughs> right. Let's bring that back. But there has to be a solution because it can't just be, nah, we don't have bathrooms. It's like I, I went to 7-Eleven uh, and it was like one in the morning and I was buying. So I said, I, I got to go to the bathroom. Dude, 7-Eleven so. never has bathrooms though. They're, 7-Eleven has always been, it's not Wawa. 7-Eleven is trash. You know what I mean? It's a gas it's station with no gas pumps. Okay. Maybe 7-Eleven has those gas pumps, my friend. I, yeah, 7-Eleven and other places have gas pumps. 7-Eleven came up then from back in the day. Yeah, right? it, yeah. it definitely came Down up. in Florida, down in Florida, Wawa has put the pressure on 7-Eleven. Like I know in Sanford, they built a brand new Wawa from across the street from the 7-Eleven I worked at for one week. Uh, before getting uh, fired or leaving in a huff and then suing 7-Eleven uh, post- <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> you could hear about that on Dave's Law Podcast about how I won money. Uh, so anyway, they had to remodel and they put in a, they put in like 10 pumps and made it just like Wawa. So um, anyway, bot- bottom line is open your bathrooms, people. We can't have – this is – we're living in a society. I mean, you <laughs> either make it for <laughs> – Either make it for customers only, 
or you know have some policy. I understand it's hard to get the people out. And I was in Houston, and I witnessed a whole scene going down when I was trying to go to the airport and people screaming at people. It happens all the time, but it's it's not the answer. Not the answer to lock all the bathrooms. I mean, don't close don't close the border. Okay, to the bathroom. Well, here's here's what it. Oregon needs to get Wawa. You know, Wawa is, is the the crown jewel of those type of establishments. I think they have bidets in their toilets. So go go to Wawa, man. Okay, listen. Here's the problem, Dave. You want to know why Oregon will never get Wawa? Yes, because you have to because you, you, they have to have someone pump your gas. It's illegal to pump your own gas. I thought they had a thing where they switched that, and then people. It was all over the internet. Like people were like pouring gas in their trunk. <laughs> That was in like super rural <laughs> areas. No, how do you not know how to pump gas, bro? Wait, if you never learn how to do it, the first time I left Oregon, I I hated it. I used to hate it. Now People I go back and I'm gas like, in the trunks is just so- a great image. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of, so because of the you having to have someone pump it, there are no super gas stations. There are no Wawas. There are no. Bucky's. There are four pumps, and that's it. So, like, well, it's a major are. problem. I mean, not all Wawa's have gas stations, though. Every Wawa's a gas station, isn't it? No, it's not. not, not really. No, it's not. It's because yeah. But here, around here, they are. I, I definitely been to one in New Jersey that that uh, out at the shore. Where Dave used to vacation with his uh, cronies, uh, to, <laughs> where they uh, Ocean City, Maryland, actually. So. Okay. All right. So anyway, all right. That wraps it up for the most part. We feel it feels good to be back, doesn't it? Rob, you feel better now than you did when we started? He's got his mic muted. I'm thrilled. So our podcast, by the way, now, have you guys heard this, that there is another podcast called Commitment Issues? Yeah, but it's about like relationships and stuff. So what? Commitment issues, a podcast for the people. Have we trademarked this yet? Do we have? You don't to? have to trademark it. I'm going to contact iTunes because this is ridiculous. Oh, so that's what depression is? I mean, they got nine minute episodes. Rob, you might like this podcast. Eight minutes. What even is oh, depression? It's <laughs> <laughs> right up your alley. You didn't get out. So we are no longer the number one search result because Fresh Life Church. And then commitment issues, a colon, a podcast for the people have usurped us. So, uh, well, listen, Woody, for $250 an hour, I can put in a, uh, uh, trademark infringement. I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm, I'm the host of the other commitment issues podcast. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> you're Rob, about- cease and desist. You're on notice. Rob's depression is having to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> complain about YouTube photos. Yeah, podcast episode. Pastor Levi Lusco did an episode called Commitment Issues, which appears to be very popular. And then and then Commitment Issues, uh Commitment Issues, a podcast for people. Don't listen to that. Listen to us. And guess what? I'm glad you gave the whole name, man. (laughs) I'm gonna reach out to them and they're gonna have to think about changing their name if they don't. Listen to the other commitment issues podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, oh yeah, Rob, you'll like this episode. Hashtag talking about it. That's a name. Oh, wait. actually, you could relate to. Oh, never mind. I want to read this one so much. It's so funny. That's the name of the. I can't say it because it's offensive. I wanted to. I had you. I had you burned. I will burn you when we end this podcast. And guess what? Hey, did you guys hear the new song from Induce we had playing at the beginning yeah, of the show? I'm sure Rob can't wait to hear yeah, it again. Why don't we play it again? Rob? That's right. We're gonna. 
We're going to play it again. That'll end the show. We will be back. We're coming back next week. We're no longer on the road every week. And Lackford is going to hold us accountable because he's got nothing to do. He's unemployed sitting in his house. I have not been employed. I have, I've, I've had to... Five calls since we've been doing this, so I'm going to start charging y'all next week. <laughs> if you want to know what Lackford is up to, check out Better Call Saul, especially the later seasons. Hey, no, I have a fancy office now, buddy. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, guess what? Don't you remember when Saul got it no, off? No, no, no spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, yeah, 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 but that didn't last. Right. So anyway, you need a, you need a secretary, too. So that wraps it up. Have a M. Deuce, play us out. 